BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Absolutely Not Podcast, where we do the most and the least at the same damn time. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Absolutely Not Podcast. This is a really cool, special episode for Thanksgiving week. I know you're going to hear this the day before you're prepping your bird, doing the damn thing, getting together to feast for the holidays. I just first and foremost want to say how grateful I am for each and every one of you. I am so unbelievably, my heart is just filled with gratitude for what an amazing year it's been. I know we've been through shit. I know we're in this together. You listen to me, bitch. You tune in every week. And I'm just so grateful for, for this community. Absolutely Not Podcast is honestly the highlight of my week. And I feel like I'm a little hormonal right now and I might start weeping. I'm going to hold it together. But this is just, um, I'm just so grateful for each and every one of you. And it means the world to me. And damn it, we've been fucking, we've been stupid and silly and giggling and goobering. And it makes me so happy. This is truly the highlight of my week. And I'm so grateful for each and every one of you. Okay, enough of being mushy. Anyways, I'm very excited. This was a really cool episode to record. One of my dear friends, we're, we're new dear friends, but um, Chef Soraya Corey, she's so incredible. She owns Hen Mother Cookhouse right outside of Atlanta, Georgia, in Johns Creek, Georgia. She's one of, to me, and I, I just an icon. A She's not even up and coming. I was late to the game. So like, I'm the baby back bitch who learned about Chef Soraya later on than I should have. But I think what's cool is obviously she's my neighborhood gal pal, but she's one of the most talented female chefs I've ever met. And for those of y'all who don't know, I worked in the restaurant industry for years. I was front of house, bartended. You know, I, I worked as a bar back, bartender, host, everything, server, you name it. I have fucking done it in a restaurant. And I'm a foodie, you know, I'm just a fat ass. I like to eat. You feel me? And this woman feeds me at least four days a week in my life. And I said, Soraya, actually, we found each other because she was listening to the podcast and all of her staff was like, we have to listen to your podcast every day when we're setting up this restaurant at 6 a.m. And turns out we're around the corner from you. Please come in. And then I had heard all of these other people in Atlanta say, have you been a hen mother? And I'm like, how the fuck did I not know about this? So I was late to the game. I'm embarrassed of my tardiness. And then I went in and I ate Chef Soraya's food and it changed my life. She's amazing. She's so funny. She's become such a dear friend. And I figured what a better way than to have a badass female chef on the episode before Thanksgiving to give you some tips and tricks and to also just talk about what it's been like to, uh, you know, be a rising star in the food community 
and especially the challenges that lie ahead, being a female in business, running that ship, and damn it, making the best fucking grovlocks and pancakes I've ever had in my life. This is not typical of breakfast food ever. She is such an amazing chef and I'm thrilled to have her. Anyways, I can gush about her all day long, but she's a funny bitch and one of my dearest. So perfect Thanksgiving episode. If you're listening to this while you cook, tune in because it's, she's got some tips and tricks. So you're like, I never would have thought to do that. Yo, this is another no brainer. Easy breezy. Throw this in your stocking. And guess what? No Days Wasted is having their biggest sale of the year. 30% off all orders this week for Black Friday. You need to stay prepared for the holidays and make sure you bounce back after your holiday parties this year. Also, if you're like me and you just kind of like hitting the wine hard because you're like everybody in my family is driving me nuts, then I got you. Then you want the gift of No Days Wasted with DHM Detox. It's a vitamin for when to drink. It's an herbal supplement back with antioxidants, anti-inflammatory ingredients, and is plant-based. We all need a little extra support when we have a couple drinks so we can get back to feeling our best the next day because there's nothing worse than feeling crummy and then also having to hang out with your family. You feel me? You're like, if I swear to God, I swear to God, if my mom tells me that I look like I put on weight one more time. (laughs) I'm going to start drinking again. Here's the thing. DHM Detox uses research science to help boost your body's natural response to alcohol and help break down those pesky toxins. Just take two capsules after your first couple of drinks and it goes to work. And if you're not on the DHM Detox train, you're truly missing out. So get on it. DHM is now on GoPuff, which means delivery to your house as well, a party or the bar, anywhere else in 30 minutes or less. Just head over to GoPuff on the GoPuff app and search No Days Wasted. And I've got you 30% off your order and free shipping in the US for Black Friday. Just head over to nodayswasted.co slash absolutely 30, okay? That's nodayswasted.co slash absolutely 30 and use promo code absolutely 30. That's absolutely 30 at checkout. Again, that's no days Lisa.co backslash absolutely 30 for 30% off your order. Without further ado, please welcome to the podcast, my dear friend, Chef Soraya. Interview with Soraya. She's here. She's not in a chef's uniform. No. Soraya, welcome. How are you? I'm good. I'm sorry. I was taking a sip. That's fine. I drink the whole time during the podcast. I'm the thirstiest bitch. Well, I like took a sip in the middle of saying hello, but I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so glad you're here. Now you walked into chaos. You, you, you I walked really into seen... tits and ass. Yeah. <laughs> no, literally. Literally. <laughs> it was amazing. I mean, I'm, I have a stylist here because I'm trying to get clothes for the tour and you came in. I was literally like in my underwear and bra. I was like, hi, welcome. Welcome to the shit show. It was very cool. Like seeing it all. She looks amazing. Get ready. You're the best. Get ready. So for people who don't know, we became kind of new friends this past year. Mm -hmm. Everybody is obsessed with your restaurant in Atlanta. It's the best. I mean, I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. I talk about you all the time, but really you are so talented what you do. And I really just want to talk to people on the podcast that are like important in my life who are doing cool shit. I'm so sick and tired of like these male celebrity chefs that Ugh. it's like we got oh my god like inter- a tattoo chef oh it's always a tattoo chef I fucking hate it right do you have any I have not a tattoo but not because I'm like against it I just yeah. like I don't like anything long enough I'm the exact same way like nothing I would be sick of it maybe one year maybe 10 years yeah. I'd be sick of it and then I'm over it exactly yeah 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 I mean it's it's a crazy place to be when did you know you're like, okay, the, the chef world, that's what I want or getting into cooking? Didn't know I wanted to be in the chef world. Didn't okay. like, didn't even know about it. Cause like we didn't eat out Persian family, Arabic family. It was like eating out, we went to the Persian restaurant. Right. So I didn't really understand it. But as a kid, I would watch PBS. Yeah. 
world chefs. Yep. They'd be making like croque and bouche. Like I had no idea what the hell anything was, but I was like, I want to do that. Right. And then fast forward to like college. But all the while, my dad was an amazing cook. Right. My mom was a good cook, but my dad was like a phenomenal cook. And he like really, he was a stay-at-home dad because he had illnesses and all these things. So Saturdays he would take me to like, you know, there's parts of Chicago that have like the Korean market, Indian market. Yeah. We'd go and like all the ingredients, all the veg, all the fruit, things you wouldn't see at like the local whatever, Publix. Right. And so, you know, I always knew I loved food. I was a hefty child. Same, same, same. (laughs) Like. Gucci gang. (laughs) Yeah. I never said no to food. It was never like, oh no, I don't like that. Well, and don't you feel growing up in a Persian family? Because that's kind of the way it is like on the Italian side. Like there's just, food is such a part of everything. And anybody can say that about any culture, but I definitely think Persian culture and Italian culture, there's a lot of similarities. Exactly. And my dad's Jordanian. My mom's Iranian. And my, like when my dad passed away, we're both part of the Dead Dads Club. Yeah. When my dad passed away, it was like, everyone was like, he used to feed me. Yeah. I remember when yeah. he made me this. Like, yeah. it was all memories about food. Right. It's all like about giving. And like, I tell you that all the time. Like, I love to feed people. Yeah. But people that appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've said this so many times and I feel this so deeply passionate, like in my, in the core of who I am, I believe instead of sending everybody off to college immediately, Every young person in America should have to work six months in a restaurant as a busboy, hostess, whatever, before they go to college. It's like the if you're going to serve in the Israeli army, you have to serve in, a, in a, at a Chili's, an Outback. I fully agree. And like maybe Outback is like a little bit too nice because it it's is. corporate. So yeah. like you get away with, no, you need to go to like a mom and pop yep. where like people are shitting on you all yes. the time. But yeah, I mean, I agree. I think I started waiting tables when I was 14. Yeah. Greek family. Yeah. Um, it was breakfast in the North. Greek breakfast. Well, it wasn't. So like, oh. you know how like Greek people own like the diners? They own diners. They own diners. <laughs> so, like the menu was like 7,000 pages long. It was called Country Kitchen. Shout out to Country Kitchen. But like, you know, it was Highland Park, which is the North Shore of Chicago. Yeah. Wealthy. Wealthy, but also like annoying. Yeah. So it was like every, every modification you could think of. We did everything there. Yeah. Never said no. So that was my first job. I worked there for eight years. Wow. As a waitress. Yeah. I like, I loved it. It was like yeah. a family. I made great money. Yeah. You know, I bought my first car at 16 yes. myself. And that's what people don't realize. I'm like, I made the best money. Best money. In the service industry. Yeah. There's people, it, it's kind of like the way I relate to people. You either have been through trauma, like you've lost someone, someone's died in your life or they haven't. Right. Right. That's also the way I feel about restaurant people. Either you've worked in a restaurant right. or you haven't. I agree. Everybody needs to work in a restaurant at some point. I fully agree. I think like you have to understand, first of all, it's the, it's like, it's the clientele. It's like the anticipation of people's needs. And also like, it does help you be a better person. For like sure. besides getting shit on, like it just helps you be organized. When I first started cooking, so I didn't know I wanted to cook. Right. I just kept imagining like owning a restaurant. Yeah. And oh. I, and like, so I like had all these visions for a restaurant, I had, like names for a restaurant. Great. Made no fucking sense. Never cooked, never professionally cooked. Right. But then I would like do these like random like clam fettuccine dinners. <laughs> never have eaten clams. Like we didn't eat fucking pasta, but then I like would buy like canned clams and my parents were like, what, what the fuck? And I'm like, well, I wanted to try this, you know? Like yeah. I would do all these things. Thanksgiving was like my Olympics. Right. You know, I was like, here's my time to shine. I'm going to yeah. like, you know, wrap like, you know, fucking figs and like, you know, burn it. And I don't know. I was doing all this shit. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So then finally, like I go through college master's degree, going on for like Islamic studies. I'm going to be a professor, supposedly. You were studying Islamic studies. Islamic studies. And now you're making the best breakfast cookie I've ever had in my life. Yeah, now I'm making like (laughs) scrambled eggs. But 
But- I love it. I waited tables the whole time. Yeah. And my best friend, Bobby, was like, I was like having a midlife crisis. Well, I was like, yeah, I was 27. So quarter life crisis. Quarter life crisis. I like didn't want to go back to fucking school. Yeah. And he was just like, what do you want to do? I said, I want to open my own restaurant. He's like, okay, do you want to cook at it? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, then you got to fucking start cooking. You got to go to, you know, learn how to chop an onion professionally. Yeah. Yeah. So I moved to California and then I started cooking. I went to the CIA there. Yeah. At, you know, in Napa Valley. And for those of you who don't know, she did not, she's not an operative. She went to the Culinary Institute yeah. of America. Well, yeah, Islamic <laughs> studies. It's very confusing. Like Islam. Like, Damn. Yeah, no, no, no. It was the CIA culinary. Yeah, exactly. Okay, great. And then while I was there, I started working under one chef and he was amazing. And similar to like, I kind of go hard at every job. I like stay for a long time. So okay. I, I worked for him for five years. And um, that's just a testament to your character, though, because I'm kind of the same way. Like, and I, I always was like really good buddies with whatever job it was. Like my gym friends that I worked with were all still tight. Yeah. You know, my restaurant friends were also very close. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're not a cunt. Yeah, I'm not a cunt. <laughs> I mean, I can be, but then they're cunty, too. And like we get along. And we get along. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so all of my like my restaurant friends are still my restaurant friends. The ladies, the 50 year old ladies that I worked with when I was 14. Of course. Who rode the, rode me. I mean, they like they made me fucking cry. You yeah. know? I'm still close to them yeah. on Facebook, but still close to them. You've attended probably some of their funerals. Well, not yet, oh, but no. you know, getting close. There's, yeah, there's yeah. some illnesses there. <laughs> so, you know, it's the restaurant industry and you can attest. It's like, it's a family. Yeah, it really is. But I mean, listen, I think that you're one of the most talented chefs ever, period. Like I have worked in high, fine dining. I have worked in shit boxes. I've worked everywhere you can imagine. That's how I literally survived for the years before I was doing comedy. And when I tasted your food, I was just like, this is insane. Oh my God, I love you. I mean, so take me through the journey. So then you went to the CIA in California and then you were working in what, Napa Valley? I was working in Napa Valley. I was working like on the street that French Laundry's on. Yeah. Like all the restaurants are Michelin. So I walk into this restaurant. I go I go on a date with this like guy who's like a total drug addict and he's like sitting at the bar with Which me. Which is also a big restaurant thing. Big restaurant thing. For, for those of y'all who don't understand restaurant lingo, there's front of house and back of house. Yeah. Back of house is anybody who works in the kitchen, essentially, yeah. behind the scenes. And there's always one guy who has is coked out of his fucking mind. Like Quaalude, some shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Drinking every night. Every night, yeah. But he, like, was a Southern boy. And I was yeah. always, like, that was the other thing. When I got to California, all these, like, Southern gentlemen that were, they all had, like. On Quaaludes. <laughs> they were all on Quaaludes. And they were all, like, into the dark ethnic, quote, unquote, girl. So I yeah. was like, yeah, shit, I'll go. Yeah. I'll go to dinner with you. Yeah. So we went to this restaurant. I'm hearing the chef, like, screaming, screaming. And I'm like, this guy sounds fucking crazy. But the food was really good. Yeah. So my girlfriend and I, who we're still really close with. I mean, I'm still really close. With, we're close together. Yeah. <laughs> we're really close. She and I went to lunch and then he came out and we were like, you know, these two cute girls. I mean, I was like so much cuter. You're adorable. Okay. Stop. Well, and then uh, he was like, hey, you know, this is the way he talked. His name was Richard. Uh-huh. It was, the restaurant was called Red. And he was like, hey, you guys are like culinary students. You want to work? And I was like, yeah, we'll come in. So we staged. Yeah. And then in the culinary world for a cook, it's a stage. It's like you go in, you work for free. Yeah. And then like you see if they like you, you see if you like them. It's an audition. It is. It's literally an audition. No one's paying you. Yeah. Which is, there's so many similarities in our lines of work. Literally. You'll do anything. I've been staging for 15 fucking years. Exactly. (laughs) But now you're fucking finally, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're finally like. We're we're getting there. Working at Restaurant Danielle. So (laughs) yeah. So like I go in, I'm like, oh my God, this is it. This is what I want. This is like, this is it for me. So he's like, yeah, I don't hire students. I didn't know you were a student. And I was like, what the fuck? You know, I really wanted yeah. this job and I wanted it to be my internship. So he, he kind of, I said, well, can I come in and do this again? He's like, yeah. So I did that for like two and a half months every day. 
every day that I could, I worked for free for two and a half months. Wow. And everyone was like really nice to me, but I was also like not getting paid. So I was like right. the extra hand. So they right. were all like, hey, Chica. And yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. I met my husband there. Really? At Red? I met my husband at Red. He had just gotten back from New York. Uh, he had like a little stint in New York and he came back and they were like, oh, you better watch out for Nino. Like that was his name. Oh, because he's a hot Latino man. I don't know if that was it, but yeah. he was kind of a skank, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, so they were just like- Also things you'll find at the back of the house. Yeah. A man who's a little bit of a skank. Yeah, yeah. And that's the best kind. Uh, yeah. yeah, and that's what you want. And you're like <laughs> hoping that you'll be the one. So he was like, hey, Chica, like I like your curly hair. And yeah. so I was like, okay, this place is fun. The minute I get hired. Yeah. Like Richard literally looked at me and goes, you're fucking getting paid now. Oh. And it was game on. Yeah. It was like, I mean, when I listen to Kings of Leon, yeah. I have anxiety attacks because oh. the yeah. drives to work. It's like Mumford and Sons for me. Yep. Uh-huh. The drives to work. Mm-hmm. I was just like the shit. Like I, I burned a piece of bread one time, but it wasn't really burnt. It was like something he would have sold. Yeah. So I put it out. He taped it to my station. <laughs> And then wrote a note, this fucking hack thinks she's going to be a chef. Okay. I'm having, I'm literally triggered. I did not realize how perfect and like simpatico this, this podcast was going to be. But this is literally like being an actor where you have producers being like, oh yeah, good luck to you, kid. Oh my God. Maybe if she fixes a lazy eye, she'll get a job <laughs> yeah. on the Broadway. Yeah. Like they yeah. are ruthless. They don't give yeah. a shit what they don't say. Don't give a fuck. And yeah. he called me a hack. I mean, he didn't throw a saute pan at me, but uh-huh. it was like directed to my work. Yeah, it, it was a it was a, a quick drive-by, a breeze-by. It, it was. Um, so like, you know, there was many just, te- but I, I was like, fuck him. Yeah. I'm not quitting. And I think similar, like from the things I've heard, you know, you talk about, it's like, you want to prove yourself. I, I like thrive on the the samurai. Yeah. Sansai sort of relationship. Like Got I it. need someone to like tell me and like, kind of kick me down. Like a boot camp. Yeah. Yeah, you're good with the, uh, you're the master. I am then going to learn from you, a wise one. Exactly. I hear you. And like, I know I have stuff to learn. So I, my ego's shot. It's cool. I'm such a good gift giver. It's insane. You know what I want to do? You know what you can do for somebody's hosted you for the holidays? Send them sheets. Because you know what? Sheets are oddly expensive and one of those things you don't think about. But you know what you love? When you get a fabulous set of sheet. And you know what? I've got the best sheets for you. You want to talk about luxury? You want to talk about feeling like you're at the Ritz-Carlton and Key Biscayne? Then you got to get Brooklinen. Because Brooklinen was created for beautiful, high-quality home essentials that don't cost an arm and a leg. And people, what a success it was. Listen, Brooklinen works directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury level markups. You get an amazing array of products at a reasonable price. They have amazing gorgeous, breathable sheets, buttery soft. They also have plush and absorbent towels, cozy robes, and comfy loungewear you'll want to put on and never take off. Listen, they've received over 75,000 five-star reviews and counting, and their customer service is insane. Clearly, they get their eight hours of sleep every night because they're a dream to work with if you ever have an issue. This is the best. This is a one-stop shop if you need an amazing gift. All you got to do is go to brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter code, promo code, absolutely not for $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. Again, that's brooklinen.com. Enter promo code absolutely not for $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. Get a nice refresh. Refresh your family's sheets for the holidays. Send them gorgeous, delicious robes. 
loungewear, whatever you want. I can't think of a better gift than brooklinen.com. Also, they have an amazing new pillow that they just launched. It's a new pillow brand called Marlo. You can also check them out. This is to me a no-brainer gift for amazing hosts, for family members, whomever you love in your life that you want to give the level of luxury without that luxury price tag, brooklinen.com. So you were essentially slightly getting bullied at, Oh my God. But that's, but that's a part of the business. And I think it's interesting now too. Some people say like, Oh, you can't, I I don't know. I have to tread lightly on this because obviously there are misogynists in the business and there were people who were just absolute bullshit. But then you're also like, if you're too soft, like when I look back at some of the shit that I've had to deal with, I'm like, yeah, but it's made me a fucking great comic. It made me a fucking warrior. (laughs) No, I fully agree. And this is the thing. I, when all that me too shit was going on with chefs, I texted Richard and I was like, you were never a skank. Yeah. He was never, like he was a skank with like, women that were his girlfriends. Yeah. But he, I mean, as a woman there, I remember because as a waitress, I had dealt with it. Yeah. And I'm sure you remember those, yeah. you know, like, you know, in the kitchen, grab ass. I'm like, can I get that steak well done? And like, you know, flirting and batting your fucking eyes. Because as yeah. a waitress, I dealt with it a lot more. When I started cooking professionally, yeah, there was none of that shit in that kitchen. It was so professional. Yeah. Besides him, like going, but for him, it was life or death. It was his business. Yeah. And so, but like there was no, misconduct in any way. Which is fucking refreshing. It was so refreshing. Do you feel that that restaurant was really the catalyst for you to like take it to the next level professionally? Well, I mean, had I, I think had I given up, and this is the thing, out of my culinary graduating class, I think three of us are still cooking. That's how it is with my acting. There's maybe uh, two chicks. Yeah. Yeah. And all of it is, when I was in culinary school, I was working there. None of them were working. And I remember telling them, you guys, this is bullshit. Like, I tell everyone now, don't go to culinary school. Work for a good chef. Great. Would you say the same thing about acting? Um, I tell everybody, don't get into the business. You're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> I went back and spoke to my college like three years ago, and things weren't even really popping off. Like, I was like barely getting it, but yeah. I had a little bit of notoriety. Yeah. And I went back and I told all of them, I was like, if you don't know how to be, I literally said, if you don't know how to wait tables or be a valet, you will never make it. Yeah. Or you have rich parents. Like mm-hmm. you've got to fucking hustle in this business. It's not easy. I would, I would never say go get a theater degree. I'm also like, don't get a college degree. What is it? And by the time, like you have a Look daughter. Look fucking school. Ooh, what the, by the time we have kids old enough to be in school, to go to college, that's not going to be a thing. Seriously. My husband's yeah. like, I want you to be a doctor to my daughter. I'm like, do what you want to do. Do what you want to do. Do what the fuck you want to do. Yeah. Because look at me. I went all to school and I'm fucking, you know, grinding <laughs> butter. Okay. But it's the best fucking butter you've yeah, ever had. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, yeah. I am so happy. Had I not stuck it out and I knew I was never not going to stick it out. Like right. I knew that when I commit, yeah. I go hard. So I stayed with him for five years. But after the first year, like things softened up. Yeah. And like, you know, I started to, and I remember the first thing he said to me, he was like, he was like, don't worry about cooking. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about recipes. Be organized, be clean. That's it. Wow. Those are the two things. And he's yeah. like, so if you can make my shit and stay organized then and clean, mm-hmm. I'll teach you the skills along the way. Yeah. He's like, just be fucking set up. Be set yeah. up at five o'clock. That's still, I mean, today, you know, God bless everyone that works for me. But like today I was like, you got to be ready. Yeah. You got to be ready when we open. Here's the thing though. And I'm not just saying this like, like as somebody who, who comes to the restaurant, but the food's amazing and your staff's incredible. Like the people that work for you, it is a family. They, we love each other. And for those of y'all who don't know, which I've said a million times in this intro, but you have to go to Sarai's restaurant and Mother Cookhouse. It's just so well done. And I would have you make anything for me. I really wish you could do dinner. I know mm. eventually, I know. But when you're ready, please. I love, listen, 
the dinners were- Your pop-up dinners are insane. Well, this is the, it's like, it brings me so much joy. Right. Because of the creativity. I told my husband, I feel stifled. I can't keep like doing, I can't, like that's why I change the menu so often. Right. Because if I don't change the menu, I'm like so bored. Right. You know, it's like the creative thing, you know? Yeah, you got to change it up. I think, you know, once this baby pops out of me, I, you know, I'm hoping. That's the other thing. You're a boss bitch running. I mean, you're you're at your restaurant at three o'clock in the morning. Not every day, but yes. But, but a lot. Yes. Whipping out some of the best pastries people have ever had in their lives and the most creatively, just unbelievably mind-blowing you're so, shit. You're too nice. No, Sarai, it's, it's true though. I'm a fucking fat ass. All I do is eat. <laughs> and your restaurant brings me the most joy, okay? That's why I love to cook for you. But you're also six months pregnant. I know. You know, and so you're doing this. And I'm 40. And you're 40. Oh my God. So you're Don't fucking, do it. You're old. You got a baby. Oh. And you're you're up at the wee hours. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. And you know I say old, just completely sarcastic. No, no, but sweetie, 40 is old. 40, for a baby. Listen, 40 is old. I love yeah. all of you out there. Like, I'm not, I hate the geriatric term, but it's true. Your knees hurt, your toes hurt, your ankles yeah. hurt. Everything fucking hurts. Everything hurts. And with my first, I wasn't young. I was 32, but yeah. it just felt different. Yeah. It felt different. So yeah, there is those things and I'm grateful. I have an amazing, like you said, the team. Is amazing. The, my sister, my husband, then the cooks, the dishwashers, the prep cooks, the servers, Alicia, the manager. It's like the best. And everybody who comes to your restaurant, like we know the crew. You know what I mean? It really is a family. Like you go in and it, it is the diner setting in the sense of like, you know, everybody you go, knows your name. Everybody knows your name. Mm-hmm. You go in for breakfast. It's the best, but it's just the things that you make are, are so incredible. And it's so good to see elevated food. That's not pretentious because I mean, I was just in fucking Italy and I did Austria Francescana and I met Massimo and all this shit. And I'm just like, it, it was so stuffy. I felt like I wanted to just go outside and smoke a cigarette to be a rebel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And how did you find like being in Napa? Like what are, are your do's and don'ts when you were opening in mother? Were you like, I want this. I absolutely will not have X because I had a bad experience in a restaurant with this. So in terms of food, I was like, no place does good breakfast. No yeah. city I've ever been to. No, I agree with you. Like, unless it's like a good brunch place once a week, but right. like on, okay. So I'm not judging. Like, I don't know. I've never been to some good breakfast. So I knew I wanted to do that in Napa. In yeah. Napa, that was a concept. I was like, there's no good breakfast in Napa. Yeah. It's like a food fucking town, quote unquote. There's no good breakfast. Right. So I had been scouting and like looking at places like, oh, this would be a great place for breakfast. I had just had my daughter. I was like doing private events, which is the worst because you're making like spinach salad with strawberries for people. Like, yeah. You want to kill yourself. <laughs> it's just a lot of chicken, scoop chicken salad uh, and a croissant. And like, they just like, you have to do it because they're yeah. paying you. And so you're like, what do you want, ma'am? And so, you know, but what I what I did know was, okay, so I had this woman who used to like wax my vagina. Yeah, she, we all do. Okay, so yes, her name was Lacey. She was great. And she- <laughs> I think mine was Lacey too. Are you serious? Yeah, a little redneck, a little white trash. Well, no, because, well, yeah, she was, but she, no, I don't think, I don't think she was white trash, but she was definitely white and little. <laughs> <laughs> she was like white and little. Also, Lacey, if you're listening to this, we are not talking shit about you. Just please do not- I loved her. Because you know what I always think about? I'm like- you know who's, I'm not worried about a doctor saying like what my blood test results are if I have some my weird- vagina smells. Yeah. If, if, a, if a waxer ever comes out and is like, she got a fucking wonky ass pussy, I will heal myself. Well, have you ever, have, haven't they, every time you go to get your vagina waxed, they go, do you have to use the restroom? Like yes. they are just like, go wipe. They're like, please go wipe. Please go powder. Please, please do freshen something. up. Like yeah. don't come in here just yeah. raw. And I yeah. used to always be like, I just showered. Like I'd have to, I'd say that every time. Oh yeah. And so anyway, Lacey was 25, had her own fucking cosmetic business. And I'm like, how the fuck, you know? So I was like, Lacey, how did you do all this? She's like, listen, I got similar to vision board. She's yeah. like, I made a binder, got my ducks in a row. Like 
picked out chairs, picked out this, picked out that. And she's like, that's what you should do for your restaurant. And I was like, okay. So I started like having all these ideas, screenshotting shit when I'd see stuff. I knew like all the things that I was like, okay, cost on this would be low. Like I would definitely get like plates from Goodwill, like all these things. I had, so when I was ready to open, it wasn't like, I just, Sarah, my sister was, she's, she's always been like, she's a money person. She works to make money. She doesn't work to like, make joy for herself. Right. So she had always said to me, like, listen, if you find the right turnkey, I'll partner with you. Yeah. And if you guys don't know, like a turnkey means restaurant ready. Don't put a lot of work into it. It's a model home. You can go in and just put your, put your fucking crate and barrel furniture in there and call it a damn and call, day. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, paint the wall pink and like we're ready. Yeah. So I found this spot and we moved to Atlanta. Fast forward, like life goes on. Like we moved to Atlanta. When we're in Atlanta, I find this spot and I'm like, this is exactly what I want to do. I know I could do this. And I I even like called an architect and he's like, mm, you don't need me. He's yeah. Like, he's like, you're good. He's like, find a dude. Yeah. You can like hammer some nails. And he's like, and that, you have your vision. Like you don't yeah. need it. You're not looking for a designer. And so I had this friend of mine and yeah, he just like did everything that I wanted. It cost us like 10 grand to remodel. The, the business cost us like 50 to buy from somebody. Yeah. And then, you know, a couple equipment here. It was like, it was this $85,000 Investment. Investment. And I had like a really clear vision. I remember everyone being like, are you sure? I'm like, no, I'm not fucking sure. Right. You're never sure. And like similar, like when people tell me they have a dream of opening up a bistro, I'm like, you're an idiot. You're a fucking idiot. You know who can only open a bistro? People in France. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) The French. The The French French own a great fucking bistro. That's it. You're not going to own a bistro with like your fake Parisian music. Yeah. I hate to tell you this, but Balthazar and Soho, they have open tables. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Sorry about it. I agree. I agree. It's like, just stop. Like, and also it's a lot of fucking work. Right. You have to love it. Yes. You have to love it. You have to not look at it. Like, yes, there's days that I'm like, I fucking don't want to do this today. Yeah. Or I hate all the customers or whatever. Yeah. I love you all, but I like also hate. No, but but people don't get that. I I feel the same way when, when, and then I'll see like a DM from somebody, you know, and they just like interject their opinion on something. And I'm like, I'm going to fucking kill everybody. You know what I mean? I don't know how you do that. Well, I don't know how you do it. You, you deal with the fucking shit on, you know, you get, oh. you have one person. Now listen, Soraya and I will sit, we'll sit in your restaurant when it gets slow and we'll fucking laugh about like the crazies that you deal with. Well, I want to hear more about your story, but we also, let's just take a side note. There are crazies. There are crazies. People do not know. And I've said this because of, since we were all kind of locked up in our houses for COVID, people now re-emerging back into society have no fucking idea how to behave. And then on top of that, you're giving them a service. You have people, your, your food is unbelievable. It's not like anything I've ever had before. And then, you know, you have certain dishes like no modifications for this just because it's a, it's a curated dish, right? Well, there's that. And Heather, people don't understand how small the fucking space is. Right. And there's only two of us, two and a half of us cooking. Yeah, they think you got a PF Chang's level corporate They're kitchen like, back there. What? Well, you have the you have the ingredient. It's like, yeah, yeah you fucker. But it's in the walk-in, a <laughs> hundred feet from here, and I can't fucking go in there and get it. Like, just shut the fuck up and order off the menu. It's so infuriating. And like, also, it's like, since when did dining in a restaurant mean you get whatever you want? I don't know because I'll tell you why. Because diners did that. It's actually diners' fault because you go into a diner when you're drunk. There's a seventy-five. <laughs> true. There's like a literal. Holy Grail, New Testament. Right. Thick as hell. Thick as hell. You can get anything from a pasta primavera to falafel. <laughs> and that is why. That is why. You're so right. It is so annoying. It's like not every restaurant's like that. No. And actually 90% of restaurants aren't, 99% of restaurants aren't diners. Dude, why are you making your life more difficult? 
Why are you waiting in, you know, 20 minutes at the nail salon? Then you got to sit there and it takes an hour and a half. Why are you doing this? You could do this all at home. You could do it on an airplane. You could do it at the Delta Sky Club. You could do it wherever, whenever. I'm talking about the Olive and June Manny system, which is the answer to salon perfect nails at home. Olive and June polish lasts seven plus days and does not chip. With the Manny system, each at home Manny comes out to about just $2. Here's the deal. You are going to literally use my unique code and you just got to go to oliveandjune.com and you are truly going to be obsessed with your experience. What you do is you get 20% off your first Manny system when you use promo code. This is your unique code from me to you for the podcast. Use promo code absolutely at olive, olive, like the food and June, like the month, oliveandjune.com. Get 20% off your first Manny system when you use promo code absolutely at oliveandjune.com. We're done with expensive bad Manny's. Okay. Listen, I throw my Olive and June Manny kit in my bag. I use a cuticle oil. I just zhuzh, 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 like touch it up on the road. If I'm on the road for maybe say four freaking weeks and I don't get a chance to come home, the Olive and June Manny system is so incredible. I don't have time to go to the salon. You don't either. No, none of us do. So let's do it at home. And hey, when it comes down to like $2 a Manny, it does not get better than that. I also will say this is an amazing gift. Um, great stocking stuffer, just an awesome gift. If you want to give somebody the gift of, hey, a fabulous chip-free manicure at home. You got it. Oliveandjune.com. Like today we had someone like, can I, I, I don't want any of these. Can I get balsamic vinegar? And I'm like, no. No, I don't have balsamic vinegar. And even if I did, no. Yeah, no, no. You're not entitled to every sauce in the world. And you know, I feel very passionate about dressings. You made a, a fucking citrus vinaigrette for me. I make good dressing. So we have this thing we were talking about the other day. I judge somebody. If I go to your house and you take a salad dressing from in the fridge and you put it on the table. I'm not eating. Hellman's. Absolutely fucking not. Is that a company? Sure. Okay. Probably. Yeah, yeah. But I don't even care if you take the ranch and you want to take the Hidden Valley and you put it in a ramekin or you already put it on the- Fake it. It's fine. Fake it. Yeah. But do not. I was never allowed to grow up in a house where we put salad dressing on the table. No. Who wants that congealed shit? I'm not judging you. Okay, like, listen. That Italian Italian dressing with those weird flakes. Yep. Who is eating that? But someone. Someone is. But you know what you could? You could make your own version of that. A little bit of vinegar. Oregano. Oil. Easy. Salt Easy. and pepper. Easy. Shake it up. Cheaper. Cheaper. Bada bing, bada boom. By a gallon of vinegar, you have it for fucking year. So yeah, this woman. So, you know, it's- Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have crazy people. I mean, like, so besides like the general crazy where it's like they get upset if we ask him to like, you know, we say no to a modification or, you know, we don't split a check because it's like we don't, we don't like split 55 ways or yeah. whatever. We've had like some like- crazy people. Didn't you have a lady that came in and like- Was trying to beat everybody. Was trying to beat everybody. (laughs) She tried to beat Sarah's ass. But then you realize like those people are mentally unhinged. Well, exactly. I mean, so my sister is a larger woman, Uh you know, she's tall. She's not, she's intimidating. Yeah. And this woman was like very small and she just came in and she was pissed about her food. And she was pissed that my sister kind of called her out on being an idiot. You know, like, I don't know. Like, because wasn't it over bacon? Well, so she ordered food that had bacon in it and she was annoyed that it had bacon in it and that she, and she was annoyed that my sister was like, well, did you read the menu? It's on the menu. It literally says like bacon, cheddar quiche. Bacon. Yeah. Bacon. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. she was like, well, you made me feel stupid. You're trying to, and she, she's like, I'm not trying, ma'am, you know. No, we, 
Yeah. So she comes back in. She's like, she's like, and then her husband's behind her. Her daughter's behind her. They're all re- raring to go to beat my sister's ass. My sister literally <laughs> looks up. She goes, ma'am, I'm not going to touch you. And then finally she goes, ma'am, you're insane. <laughs> and my whole staff is just like, it was crazy. I'm like, I'm about to come out of the kitchen. Yeah. Like, it's like, and then finally Amy, my God bless her, is like, ma'am, we're trying to run a restaurant here. Yeah. Like, you need to leave. You need to get out of here. You know what? If that's like, me going to an Indian restaurant, okay? Okay, this woman went to a breakfast spot. There's probably going to be bacon on the menu. Yeah. It's like me going to an Indian restaurant and going, there's curry in this? Yeah. I'm fucking pissed. I'm sorry, you put, you know, like, what? Or like, there's garlic? There's garlic in anything? Well, the worst is like, I have an allergy to eggs at a breakfast place. It's like, I hate I, I, you. I don't know what to I tell you. I hate you. Get a set yeah. of tomatoes. Yeah. You're here to spend $15 yeah. on a tomato and an avocado and a piece of toast because you're an idiot. I right. don't know what to tell you. Right. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I hope no one like this. No, listen, <sighs> listen. It's fine. It's like, I have to deal with some shit on my end. You do too. It's just funny when I see, and I've always said, people who leave bad Yelp reviews, right? And your your whole restaurant is amazing, but we talk about the, you know, this is absolutely not podcast, right? Yeah. We're going to talk about the inner workings, like what you see behind the scenes. Yeah. I've always said, people who leave Yelp reviews, it always starts like this. So I, I got to Longhorn Steak House and I had a reservation at 8 p.m. They sat me at 8.01. I was furious. Da, 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 there's a whole diatribe, whole manifesto. And then it's, by the way, I hated my stepdad. Yeah, like it, it has to go back right. to daddy issues. It's something. Or some kind of mommy issue. It issues. can't be about the fucking egg. There's no way that you sit down after having brunch somewhere and you go, I'm ready. Like you crack your knuckles and you're like, let me get on the interwebs. But like, we, so Sarah even told this woman, because this woman, this crazy woman was like, I'm going to blow you up. She's like, that's fine. Blow me up from the car. Like, yeah. it's cool. I need you out of here. Out of here. But like, honestly. Because I have a two hour wait for my amazing bacon cheddar quiche. Yeah, and you know what? Like, <laughs> this is the other thing too. It's like, the point is like, I've never read a one star review that's worth any salt. For no. anywhere. Yeah. Shoe store. Yeah. Like fucking tire shop. Yeah. Restaurant. It's always a joke. It's Gynecologist. always a daddy. It's always, yeah. Like she told me my pussy smelled. Maybe it did. Maybe it did. Did you smell it? She told me I have herpes. That's because you do. <laughs> you do, ma'am. Carol, you actually do. We've been trying to tell you that for a while. Your husband left you. Your husband was, I mean, you know, no, no hate, no shame to Carol and Herbie's, but it's like, man, we've been trying to tell you that it's, it's actually a medical condition. We need you to clear up. Yeah. It's you know? not like a star. It's not a review. It's, yeah. it's real. It's real life. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I honestly stopped reading the reviews for like months. I took Yelp off my phone. Cause like, this is the other thing. It's my business. It's my blood, sweat and yeah. tears. Literally. Like yeah. I've cut myself more, yeah. burn myself more and yeah. sweat more there than I've ever in my own whole entire life. I've talked to so many small business owners and like friends in my world that own small business. Fuck, my sister owns a law firm. Right. And she's like, Heather, I've had people leave Yelp reviews who aren't even my clients. I tried who, to call. Yeah. Who have the wrong fucking attorney. Oh my God. You were like, Lisa was a bitch. And they're like, I'm just, that's not. I know. How do you, re- how do you rebuke that? And you can't, and there's nothing you could do and you're like, it's crazy. But it doesn't matter because word of mouth is your restaurant. I'm not even trying to bring negativity into it, but I love it because I see sometimes when you get crazies and it's just wild to me. But like for, okay, well, anyone who's come because of you, the best customers. The best. They're all the best. They're all grateful. They're joyful. They're hungry. Yeah. They want to fucking eat. They want to enjoy themselves. Yeah. It's the people that like don't know what they're getting into. Like right. those are the, so like whenever I'm bitching on Instagram, like I'll bitch to my customers, I'll bitch about like a reviewer or a customer. And I'm like, I'm bitching to people that like all like me and yeah. like our restaurant. Yeah. But it's the people that don't know what they're getting into. They're like annoyed that there's a wait. Like who goes to brunch on a Sunday without a wait? I, I don't know. Where are you going? Where are you? Go- where did you, what did you think? This was a Jiffy Lube? And also like 
good luck wherever you're going. <laughs> Enjoy that fucking meal. I hope you don't shit yourself. But yeah, I mean, I'm grateful. It's a dream. It is a literal dream come true to own it. But we also, most days, want to just stab every everybody in the neck. And that's okay. You feel that way, right? I feel that way all the time. I, I feel that way sometimes. I'll have some people message me and they're like, they'll bitch about something. Like, two girls behind me at the show wouldn't shut the fuck up. They talked to the whole show. I just want you to know, like, that, like the, I was sitting in orchestra row six, seven. And I'm like, ma'am, I don't know what the fuck to tell you. That just bums me out. Because then I have to think right. about, like, hmm, what, what was going on? I just this kind of shit where you're like, I can only do so much. Right. And, and you know what? It's fine. We're just, maybe we shouldn't have ever recorded any of this. I know. I know. Sometimes I think, am I in the wrong business? <laughs> no, never, never. Uh, no, but here's the thing. So you, so you were working in Napa Valley, you, you got the training there and then you came to Atlanta and you're like, okay, I want to do breakfast. This is what I want to do. And then you kind of invested in yourself. Yeah, kind of. And that, like, so I moved to Atlanta because I got a job offer mm-hmm. to open up a restaurant here and it was really good money. And we couldn't buy a house in California. Yeah. And who can't? I was just like, fuck it. Like, let's just move. And then I came here in September and like, it's so green and beautiful. Yeah. So I was like, let's just do it. Let's move. So we moved. I was working like 90 hours a week. Yeah. For somebody else. And then I find this coffee shop and I'm like, this is it. This is the spot. Yeah. And I like left my job, which was great money and, you know, full benefits for my entire family. It was like, yeah. it was a big leap. Yeah. And like, it was a big leap for my husband, who's also my partner you know, the same Nino, the skank, the one that I met yeah. in Napa, you know, it was like for him to trust me. Cause like yeah. we were, you know, finally like getting savings and like finally able to like, you know, and he has some time off. He'd been working. He had like, he had so many foot problems and all this shit. So it was like a nice little break. He spent like the year with my daughter, which like the first two years of her life, he was a ghost, like never there. Cause he right. was working like 300 hours a week. So needless to say, when, you know, I gave notice to my boss. He was like, dick to me. Didn't talk to me for six months. Just didn't talk to you. Didn't talk to me. Was like, like, what, did you think I was going to stay here forever? I yeah. literally said, like, I told you this as a stepping. Like, I told yeah. him when he hired me, like, I want to open up my own space. Yeah. Whether it's dinner, dinner concept or breakfast. Those are yeah. the, and then I also had a falafel concept. These are the three concepts rolling around Can in my we, brain. I will invest in, if you want to pursue the falafel, I love falafel more than anything. I will invest in the falafel I'll concept. I'll like put it on the menu. It'll be one of like the thousand things at the hen mother. I did falafel a couple times, but it's a pain because we don't have a fryer yeah. dedicated to falafel. Yeah. And it needs to be fucking fresh. It, yeah. There's places that you go and they're giving you this dusty golf ball. I hate everyone who makes bad Middle Eastern food. Y- you should. I do. You you fucking should. It's disgusting. You know, I'll tell you right now too. I can taste rancid oil from a mile away. Oh my gosh. That's the biggest thing. Can you give our listeners some tips and tricks? Like how to know, because I can put a fry in my mouth and know Ooh. if they haven't changed that oil in three fucking years. Yeah, I mean, it just, it tastes, yeah, it tastes metallic. It tastes, I don't even, it just smells yeah. more than anything. Before it hits your mouth, you're smelling pudussy. It smells like fish. Yeah, yeah. It smells like fish. It's yeah. horrible. I mean, there's a restaurant very close to our restaurant that- when you go in there, oh, you want to faint. Well, and you know this is stage five food poisoning. Yeah. 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 You got to, listen, that's the thing. I tell people all the time, like, you got to pay for quality. Yeah. No gimmicks. The tricks, that's bullshit. Yeah. And we talked about this the other day with your mom. Like, if you're getting good food and it's tasty, like, you pay for it and yeah. shut up. 
All right, listen, y'all know I'm a thirsty bitch. I'm always thirsty every day of my life. I shit you not, I get sent this water called Liquid Death. And I'm like, all right, let me try it out. They're a sponsor of the podcast. I was so obsessed with this water that I called their headquarters. I go, hi, I'd like a pallet. I'd like a pallet of your gorgeous, delicious water delivered to my door. Literally this week, I'm having a pallet. Like what you'd see in a giant Costco, pallet delivered to my house because I love this water. Their sparkling water has the tightest, Oh, little delicious bubbles. I love this water. And you're like, why do they call it liquid death? Guess what? Because they're murdering. They're literally murdering your thirst. And this is what I love about them. Okay. They have a catchy name, great marketing, whatever. But the water comes in these tall boy cans and they're helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of their profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Y'all, I know what you're thinking. Drinking water out of a can, that seems weird. It is so crisp, delicious, refreshing. Honestly, they've taken the water game to the next level. I love their company. Also, you can get free shipping on all water and merch at liquiddeath.com slash absolutely. That's liquiddeath.com com slash absolutely. Or you can grab some at Whole Foods, Sprouts, and 7-Eleven. This water will change your game. I have it in like my fridge and my bar downstairs. I have it in my fridge upstairs. And everyone's like, damn girl, you like crushing beers at 10 a.m. I'm like, no, honey, it's the liquid death. I love their sparkling. I love their regular can water. They're still water. Truly one of the best products out there. And I think what they're doing, they're donating 10% of every can sold to help stop plastic. Why are we still drinking out of plastic? You know, it burns my tits off. So try out liquiddeath.com slash absolutely or grab some at Whole Foods Sprouts and 7-Eleven. That's the one thing I spend my money on. Me I too. spend my money on food. Me too. And experiences. Mm-hmm. I think it also too, like, it's like, what the fuck does anybody need anymore? I don't need shit. I will take six melatonin and drunkenly buy a couple things on Amazon. I don't really need shit. Right. The boxes stay closed at your foyer. Exactly. They literally, just right. right, I came into my house today and I have 65. I didn't really see them, but I'm just like, that happens to me. No, but there's like 65 Zara boxes because I go, I ordered this and none of it's going to fit. I'm not, I'm just going to go ahead and return it. You're so beautiful. Well, no, you're sweet. Uh, But, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just, I don't know. What the fuck were we talking about? We were talking about like, you don't need anything. Things we need yeah. are experiences. And I fully agree. My favorite things are travel yeah. and food. Absolutely. And like, I tell my husband- Traveling for food. Traveling for food. Traveling yeah. to food. Like, I tell my husband all the time, like, you're so lucky with me. I'm so low maintenance. I don't fucking, look at me. No jewelry. Wearing stretch pants. I say this to Jeff He all doesn't the get it. Time. I don't want anything. I tell him, okay, first of all, I buy everything on sale. I never buy anything full price. I finally, when I started making a little money, I was like, I'm going to buy myself a purse or two. I go to the fucking outlets, (laughs) okay? I also bust my ass on the weekend. I make money. I'm working my ass off. you're working your ass off. I'm literally working my ass off. And then I'm like, I come home and I'm like, all right, I'm easy. You don't have to fucking whine and buy me. I am, buy me just some peanut butter pretzels. Yes. Take me to breakfast at Hen Mother. A fucking slice of pizza. I am E. That's all I want. It's just quality time. Quality. That's my love language. Quality time. Is just, yours? Is yours time? Yeah, minus time. Like What'd rub you? my feet. Yeah. Just look at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he's he's yeah. so annoying. I mean, yeah. like he's not romantic. He like cannot handle PDA. I hold his hand in the street, and he quickly like will remove his hand, and I'm like, just give it back to me. Yeah, give it will, back to that's me. That's his old skanky days. It's been twelve fucking years, yeah. dude. You can't hold my hand, but like. Yeah, I don't need jewelry. I don't need purses. I don't need clothes. I mean, I like clothes when I'm at my fittest. Yeah. Like right now, it's like, what's the point? But also the chef world is your chef uniform is something totally mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. You're getting, you know, 
I mean, I don't wear- Green goddess on you all day. Exactly. And I never were, I mean, I've never, even when I was working for that other restaurant in Atlanta, like they they bought me a chef coat and like all these things. They bought me Headley and Bennett. And I was like, I don't, I wear t-shirts. Just, can I wear a t-shirt? And clogs. Yeah. I just need to work. You know what my behind this, my my work shoe was? I had a croc that I loved. Not the traditional croc. It was a Mary Jane croc and it was fucking great. I love it. But I also had the dance go, the clogs. You have to. You have to. My Mary Jane dance goes, I've worn them since I was a waitress. Yeah. They are the best. I mean, not the same pair. And I was telling you the other day, like I got, you know, I got these insoles and I'm like, my feet are swelling. I'm like, you know, I'm like a size 10 from an eight and a half now all of a sudden. And like, I thought I had, yeah. So I thought I had bunions. I thought I had all these things. I just got a bigger size. Feet don't hurt. Good to go. Feet don't fucking hurt. I spent like $500 yeah. on all the shit and all I needed was a bigger pair of shoes. I am now having the foot problem that I had when I worked in restaurants because I forgot. When you work 10 hours on your feet in a restaurant running around, mm-hmm. you, I would literally come home my legs would ache. Yeah. And I realized my legs have been killing me. I'm like, because I'm back on my feet again like that. Yeah. I'm traveling, then I'm on airplanes, and then I'm standing on stage for 200 minutes going back and forth. I mean, it's, it's And you can't insane. just wear gym shoes on, in the restaurant. If, if I wear gym no. shoes all day, my feet hurt. Hurt. So for you on stage wearing your sneakers, it's not enough. It's not an, I need, I need my dance coat. You need to get your dance clothes or your Crocs. I need my Crocs back. Oh my God. Crocs are coming back too. Which I'm, I'm concerned about. They're coming back in a big way. They are, but you got to get like the little chuggy. Yeah. Ada yeah. wants them, my six, seven-year-old. It's like Pandora. Oh, you got to get the jingle jangle oh. to go on the on Do they the still have that store? They do, and I think it thrives. Who buys Pandora? I think my, my friend's mom does. Yeah? Yeah. She buys all the lockets. Okay. I, I Shout out to, you know, Miss Debbie. Ellen. Ellen. Ellen Joe. <laughs> she has every locket. I mean, and they're really, I feel like they're always kind of packed in a mall. Yeah, or the airport. They Oh, and that's where they get you. Because yeah. you're like, I'm leaving Cincinnati. You know what I need? Something from Cincinnati. A jingle jangle. A from- jingle jangle. What what's, is- what's a Cincinnati thing? I was trying to think. A bangle? Bengal Tiger? Yeah, Bengal. The Cincinnati Bengals? Okay, no. Where's that arch? Oh, St. Louis. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so stupid. You know what? It's crazy. Is like, <laughs> I had a really good idea for fucking airport pedicure manicure. This was like years 20 ago. years ago. Yeah. Now they're fucking everywhere. And it's like, every time I see one, I'm so angry. I'm like, this could have been it. Because I do firmly believe, like, I need to be a millionaire, not because I want to buy things. Yeah. I'm tired of thinking about money. Yeah. I hear you. I'm tired. So that could have been it. I have a very strong feeling. And I don't know why I feel it's a deep conspiracy theory. Why there can't be good food in airports is beyond me. Now they've tried to elevate it. Like LaGuardia just did a reboot. They've tried to throw a couple nice things in, but it's like they still half-ass it. If, if the airports are one of the busiest places in the world, right. why are there not great restaurants at airports? Yeah, you want to make a reservation before your flight. Exactly. That's what we should be doing. Now there is one place in the international terminal in Atlanta called One Flew South. And it's amazing sushi. Amazing. If you're in Atlanta and you're in, I think the e-concourse, the old international. international, Yeah. It's amazing. And one flew south, like I'll fucking go there all the time. But I'm like, why, why aren't we having a Michelin star restaurant at an airport? I think that's a good point. Maybe that's, maybe that's what we do. I mean, are we investing? I think so. Yeah. This could be our partnership. This could be it. Well, listen, like I always wanted to do, like I even told my husband we should do a breakfast place in the airport. Yeah. But yes, yes, like a good breakfast. There's a place in Arizona. There's a breakfast place in Arizona called Matt's Big, Big Breakfast. And Matt's they're good. Big Breakfast? Yes. Okay. They're good. It's not like, you know, elev- it's like good diner food. Yeah. But then they opened one in the airport. Fucking smashing. Killing it. Killing it. Do you know how bad I just want to be able to get a breakfast burrito? Yeah. Breakfast taco and fucking hit my flight to Boise. A good Boise. parfait that's not like Dannon. Yes. That's like sweet and vanilla yogurt. Oh, Ugh, Disgusting. It makes such a difference when you're eating high quality ingredients. Yeah. And that's the thing. So how do you store stuff? Like when you were started, 
when I'm sure, or actually, this is the question because we know how you store shit. But when you're a chef and you go into other restaurants, like, are you just like the golden rule? You're like, I can tell this came out of a fucking Cisco bag and I want to, I want to burn the place down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because to tell. me, it's poisoning people. Oh, for sure. Honestly, the, the hardest part about moving to Atlanta was leaving the produce in California. I'm sure. Because it was like, you'd have farmers knocking on your door. Their shit wasn't expensive. It yeah. was quality. And it was abundant. Yeah. You could like, you could have a 200 person service with the produce that they gave you. Here, the first, you know, when we first opened, I was like, I want all local. I want all fucking like, the farmers would come with like a box of cherry tomatoes. Half of them were smushed. Half of them were fucking rotten. Yeah. I'm not hating on the farms here. Yeah. I have yet to be impressed. Yeah. By any of the produce offered in like in bulk, like that you need in to the run metro a restaurant. city. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and so when I see you know, restaurants in Atlanta and they'll be like farm to table. Like if they're doing 90 covers a night, sure. But yeah. if you're doing 450 covers a night, there's no fucking way yeah. that's farm to table. So don't lie about it. But I can always tell. I mean, like that's why my husband, my husband like sources the vegetables. Like he goes to the airport. Like he will go and find the, like that's why like people always ask like, where do you get your tomatoes? Our tomatoes are always fucking good. Yeah. And it's because, and if they're not good, I won't sell them. Yeah. And that's the difference. Like, I've had customers be like, what do you mean you don't have half an avocado? I'm like, I'm not going to charge you $3 for a shitty avocado. Yeah. I have it, but I don't want to charge you for it. Right. So unless you really want to pay for it. See, I never even grew up on like fast food. I did not have McDonald's like a breakfast sandwich until I basically got to college. Yeah. I mean, I grew up on like my mom would take me like Chick-fil-A or I could get fries or something, but I was always weird. Like we just weren't fast food people. And it's because Robin is a chef. So she would whip shit up. Like, yeah. I mean, I was a kid with a stinky lunch at, at school. Right. But it's because I had like baba ganoush. My mom grew up Italian, but in near um, a Syrian family. Yeah. So she grew up on a block with half Italians and Syrians. So it was a mixture of like pasta and Middle Eastern food. I love it. And that's what I grew up on. Same. I would have pita bread at my lunch. Yeah. My dad would like make a pita bread sandwich. Yeah. Housemade yogurt. Ooh. Like my dad's yogurt was like, they called it Cory Most. Ooh. Like Most is a word for yogurt. But like yeah. they'd call it that because it was like thick and tart. He'd strain it. And he'd season it and his like hairy, thick arms would be like in the Hell bowl. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like yeah, yeah. when I if, I, if I ever wrote a cookbook, it would be like a man's hairy arms in <laughs> a big bowl of yogurt. Because it's just like this vision, all his gold rings, you know. And he, uh, he would like put it in the pita. He'd crack open green olives that he would cure himself. Of course. Tomatoes and basil. That was my lunch. <sighs> that sounds fucking divine. Divine. Like the best sandwich ever. You know, I love a meze. I love a meze platter. But did you appreciate as a kid? I didn't. No, of course not. I hated it. I was it. so jealous. I would literally be like running an underground like black market right. ring. What can I give you? I'm like, can I get, I want the high C. I want the Doritos. <laughs> I want a chip eating contest in the right. second grade because I was so excited. I was like, easy. You want to give me 65 bags of the little, you know, the ruffles? I could eat them and I won. I beat this kid, Taylor Davis. Won him. I won. <laughs> Taylor, you fucking I ate weak. like 20 bags of chips and, and maybe a Because you were deprived. Because I was deprived. We had no fast food, like no junk food in our house. No fruit roll-ups, nothing. None Never. of it. It was none of it. That's why Thanksgiving was so important to me. I was like, no pita on the fucking table. My mom used to make her own hummus. Yeah. Like hummus is popular now. Yes. But I grew up on hummus where you had to have the chickpeas, the olive oil, and the Garlic, tahini. you needed it all. And we had to go to the DeKalb Farmer's Market because nobody had tahini. Like this is the shit that I used to eat. Yeah. And, my, and people, I think, think because I'm Southern, they're like, oh, she grew up. I mean, I go to my grandma's house and eat some macaroni and cheese and shit, but I didn't grow up on any of that Southern no. shit. Well, your mom is so like well-versed in food, but I, I agree with you. I mean, like for me, we, we ate all homemade food. Yeah. Every night there was a salad every yeah. night. And it wasn't a craft ranch salad. It was right. like romaine, fresh herbs, tomato, cucumbers. And he always had like four lemons on the bowl waiting yeah. to be squoze or whatever. Yeah. You know, it was just like every night. And if there wasn't a fancy dinner, it was 
basmati rice and salad. Sometimes yeah. that was it. Right. Like that was it for dinner. But it was like, we'd eat, we'd eat together. I resented it then. And then freshman year, started making that money. Yeah. Eating cheese fries every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gained, I think I gained 90 pounds my freshman year or something. I, I did the freshman 45 at least. I'm talking about high school. Oh, freshman year <laughs> I was like 14. <laughs> 14 and ginormous. Well, I, I had a weird growth spurt in high school, but I'll never forget. I was a maybe sophomore in college and I had the flu and my Christina had to take me to the doctor. I was so sick. She had to like carry me to the doctor and I got on the um, scale and in front of Christina, the doctor goes, wow, okay. Wasn't expecting that. You really carry your weight well. And I literally was like dying of the flu and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? He was like, I did not expect those numbers. Like, why are you fucking weighing me? What does that have to do with the flu, you idiot? Why the fuck am I getting weighed? Oh yeah. my God, doctors. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, but now dad's dad, I'm cooking. Yeah. All I want is Persian Middle Eastern food. And yeah. I want to make it. And I want to like, I mean, that's all I'm craving. Let's do a Middle Eastern concert. I, well, I couldn't do that. You can't. Oh no. And that would be like a little bit risque. First of all, my very good friend, you went oh. to his restaurant. Yeah. He owns a Middle Eastern restaurant. Oh, that's right. But Del I would, Bar. Yes, amazing. Amazing. I would do a, like a falafel. Like I want, so I, my old chef Richard helped me come up with a name and like all these things. And it was literally like tabbouleh, yeah. hummus, baba ganoush, two types of sandwiches, chicken shawarma, beef shawarma. Fuck it up. falafel. Shawarma is my middle name. If I could name my firstborn oh my shawarma, God. I would. It's my favorite thing in the world. Full, okay. Best shawarma I ever had, Jordan. I was in Jordan with my dad. Yeah last trip I ever took with him. And the shawarma was the size of my dad. Yeah. Like it was his body yeah. next to the shawarma. And just as hairy as him. And just as hairy <laughs> as him. I'm sure there was fucking goat hairs in there. Uh, fantastic. And it was so fucking good. Oh, I still think God. about that. I don't even know. I, I couldn't ever replicate it. So I have a question, a mm-hmm. cooking question. Since Thanksgiving's coming up and you always said you loved Thanksgiving, this was your Super Bowl, this is your moment to shine. Mm-hmm. Are there any like novice things that you see other chefs doing or just home chefs where you're like, okay, this is an easy fix. Let's not add this. Let's, you know what? We're going too hard on the butter and the mashed potatoes or we're whipping them too much. Is there things that you see in mm-hmm. everyday cooking where you're like, I had to learn the hard way? I think turkey. Watching people fuck up their turkey is like my biggest nightmare. Yeah. Because there's such, it's so easy to not fuck it up. Okay. How do you um, not fuck it up? Well, so I think, first of all, the people that like slather their turkey in whole butter. Yeah. Whole butter has milk fat. Milk okay. fat burns. Oh. So that's why you see those like speckled black, like once your turkey's brown enough and you yeah. have like your crispy skin, it's like kind of black because it's whole butter. So the butter is like burning. The milk solids are burning. So this is a tip that I actually learned from Thomas Keller talking about roasting chicken. Okay. So I brine my turkey. Okay. I do like a really super aromatic brine. I do it two days out. And And when you brine, what does that exactly mean? So brining is like, you know, you're in, I don't even know what it. You're infusing it with some sort of jizz or juice, right? Yeah, jizz and juice, salt and sweet. So sweet and salty, jizz and juice. Okay. And then you do the aromatics if you want. You don't even fucking have to. I think people just, a lot of people just do like sugar and salt. Okay. But I do like sugar, salt, lemons, oranges, tons of garlic, and then sage, thyme, and rosemary. I boil all that. And then I put my turkey in it once it's cool. I let it hang out in that bucket for 24 hours. Okay. Pull it out. And then I let it air dry. Okay. Air dry in your cooler. So okay. kind of like dry aging a steak, right? Like air dry it because once that skin gets dry, it's called a pellicle. It will crisp better. Oh. So, you know, but if you put a wet, soggy turkey into the oven, it'll just steam. Okay. And then maybe I'll brush the inside with some stuff, but not really. And then I just brush it with clarified butter. Clarified. Clarified. Ghee. Is that ghee? 
Ghee. Ghee. Yeah. So I, I, I love ghee. Get ghee from Trader Joe's. Yeah. Get it like nice and soft. Put it in the microwave. You just take your little pastry brush and you brush that turkey. You keep pulling it out every 20 minutes, every 30 minutes. I mean, if you don't want to do all that, that's yeah. fine. But I cook my turkey at 400 degrees. Okay. So like when I was growing up, because my, you know, my parents had no fucking clue. They had it in the bag. Yeah. It's like steaming in juice. We're cooking it from 6 a.m., yeah, and, and I feel like in the, in the in the South, at least, there's always somebody whose Uncle Mark blows off his arm because he's trying to deep fry a turkey. The deep fry turkey. You know, we don't need to do it. I've never had it. I've had it. It's fucking delicious. Delicious. But every time somebody loses a limb or an <laughs> eye or just their, their home. Toes are burned they're off. They're home. They're home. Every, literally every guy I went to college with in Mississippi was like, God damn, we lost my Uncle Mark last year because oh of the deep fried turkey. I'm like, let's just use the oven. Let's Is it worth use- it? Yeah, it's not. Okay. It's not. Well, I mean, that, he might have been a fucking weirdo. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah, so I mean, that's my biggest thing. Everything else, like, eh, I don't even do anything exciting anymore. I do mashed potatoes, gravy, veg stuffing. I go balls to the wall and stuffing. I make bomb-ass stuffing. Okay. Turkey, we sometimes do like a prime rib. Yes. And then we do like a, you know, red wine au jus and then a gravy. And then I do like a really fresh like endive salad. That's it. <sighs> Bitch, that is up my alley. That's it. Well, I'll be coming to your house for Thanksgiving. I, I want you to come. Yes. If I'm not in New York, I am there. Yes. I am there. I would love it. So that's good to know, though. Okay, so don't put it in the fucking bag. Don't put it in the bag. And don't, don't put regular whole. Don't put, don't put like that big butter, herby butter that you think. It looks sexy. Yeah. It is fun. It looks really cool. It's not working for you. It'll dry out your turkey. And cook your turkey at high heat. High heat. Pay attention to it. It could kind of be like the last thing you do. That's okay. like, literally, it's the last thing I do is wow. make the turkey. But I also, I'm not cooking a 20-pound turkey. Okay. So I'm cooking like a 14-pound turkey. And it always suggests to do two small birds. Two small birds. Mm-hmm. Two baby birds. Yeah, I think like everyone wants a photo op of the big yeah. old bird. Shit's all dry, all dusty, dr- yeah. and, or raw. <laughs> First Thanksgiving, I cooked not at home. I'm dating my husband. My dad just died. Okay. I'm like a hot fucking mess. Yeah. I'm like, I want to cook Thanksgiving for your Mexican family. He's like, don't do it. You're going to, you're going you're gonna to hate yourself. I'm like, why? I want to do it. Yeah. At this, at this point, like we were saying, hustling. I'm working every day. I'm in school every day still. I literally don't have a day off. Thanksgiving was my only day off by default because we were closed. Okay. I get out of work at 11 PM, go to Lucky, which is like their janky ass grocery store in Napa. Pick out a frozen turkey. I mean, like, Cheryl, come up with this menu, this bullshit menu, like gratin and like all these things that I would never make now. Right. And I had been so used to working in a professional kitchen that I was like used to having a dishwasher. Yeah. Used to having like all equipment and pots and pans. Right. Having a sous chef so somebody could. Having someone help me. Yeah. I was just a skanky line cook. Like I I had no clue. But, and so I'm at his his brother's house and, you know, the cutting board is a plastic. Yeah. The plastic sheets. Like that's her cutting board. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's one pot. Yeah. You know. I'm going down. Yeah. Bag of shit. Yeah. Okay. Going down. Uh huh. Family's supposed to show up at four. They're there at 12. <gasps> it's supposed to be 10 people. It's the entire Mexican family <laughs> wives, husbands, children. Okay. Everyone's showing up. My husband's like, I fucking told you. Yeah. I told you. And I'm like, okay, it's okay. I can bang it out. Mashed potatoes are raw. Gratin is raw. Stuffing is fucking raw. Everything is raw. We go to butcher the turkey raw. <gasps> I just start bawling. I don't blame you. I mean, like, my dad, just, it was like, yeah. you know, I was like a hot mess. Yeah, yeah, Bawling. I go into the room. He, my husband, who's like, I'm not helping you with this. Because at this point, we're just dating. And he's yeah. kind of trying to prove me wrong. Like, yeah. you shouldn't have done this. Yeah. He feels bad. So he like, you know, and he's in a phenomenal cook. Right. He's all skill. You know, okay. not so much passion, right. but skill. Right. So he's like finishing everything. Like, a la minute on the burner. He takes the turkey, cooks it on the grill. <gasps> 
I'm crying in his bedroom. <laughs> like, I don't want to come out. I hear all the, the entire Mex family is like, I hear all the kids yeah. like giggling and watching fucking like, yeah. you know, movies. I'm like, oh my God. And they're like, they have no idea. They're so happy. They're like right. drinking. They don't even care. There's like, they're eating one thing at a time as it's coming out. So then my husband comes and he's like, I told you not to do it. I'm like, <laughs> so then he still reminds me that remember that time when you went down on Thanksgiving? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I need you to go get that produce bitch. Yes. Okay. Because I'm over here. And I'm still, now I'm slaying. and dealing. Now I'm slaying Thanksgiving. Your, I think, I mean, everything that you make is so incredible, but it's so wild to me because I feel like in, in, the food industry, people are either really good at pastry. You know what I mean? You're either uh, a, a pastry chef mm-hmm. or you're a savory chef, mm-hmm. right? Chef de cuisine, right? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like you're so good at both. I mean, your pastries, your sweets are fucking unreal. And then on top of that, you have the best gravlox salmon I've ever had in my life. Well, so I never got trained in pastry. Okay. I never did pastry. I only worked at one restaurant where she would put you on pastry once a week and it was like a nightmare. I hated it. Right. When I started doing private catering, I'd have to like come up with a dessert for the dinner or whatever. And it would always be like a simple flourless chocolate cake, like, or like an apple gratin or apple tartan or something like that. When I opened Hen Mother, there were certain things I wanted to do. I was like, I wanted to do a couple baked breads. I wanted to do cinnamon rolls. And I, I knew I had to do biscuits. I didn't want to, but I like had to. Right. So I had worked on the cinnamon rolls for like probably a month before we put them on the menu. When I look back at them, they were terrible. I don't even know how I sold them. They were like overproof. <laughs> I had no, I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea how to do any of that. So everything I learned on pastry is self-taught. Cooking is so different. Cooking is like, you don't, you just need to like know how to put flavor together. Uh-huh. And then you learn technique through training and through experience. And so the cooking for me is more about like the way I like to eat and pastry for me now. Now it's like, I, I think the reason I'm good at baking is because I don't do it like a baker. Okay. I do it like a cook. Yeah. So like I add texture, I add like flavor to it the same way that I would like season a salad. Okay. But I appreciate it. I mean, it's very still hard for me, pastry. Like my mom, it's absolutely blows her fucking mind. She's like, I don't understand how she does both because Robin is totally savory chef. She does not get it. I mean, the bitch can barely make a banana bread, but she can, you know, demi-glaze the shit out of anything. Right. Cause she'll, she knows, she knows the science. She knows yeah. how to fix it. Exactly. If something goes fucked up. Like that's yeah. the same thing with food. Like I know how to fix it with baking. If something goes wrong, even still, unless it's something I do a lot, when it's something I do a lot, I know how to fix it. When it's something I'm doing for the first time, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I did. Yeah. And like, I tell customers all the time, I do have a lot of really bad things, but I don't put them on the menu. Like I've right. never tasted them. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like why would I put something shitty on the menu? So like there's times when I'm like, I'm throwing these muffins away. Who wants them? I'm throwing these lemon bars away. Who wants them? Like I make a lot of stuff that I'm not happy with, but I only put it on the menu if I'm happy with it. And that's the same for savory. And honestly, I just, I, anybody who comes to Atlanta, you know, you gotta, you gotta come see Soraya at Chef Soraya at Hen Mother Cookhouse. But what do you think like the 10 year goal is? Like, what would you want to do? Do you feel comfortable sharing that? What's on the vision board in the binder? Yeah. Vision board is definitely growth, but I don't know. I don't want to open two Hen Mothers. I always yeah. think like, it's like, you know, even Cheesecake Factory, like one has better dressing. Right. You know, <laughs> like the one at like that mall has better dressing. That's the way I feel about all the Houston's and Hillstones. I'm like, God damn, they don't have the, they have a spinach tip at the one, you know, off yeah. West Paces, but they don't have the one of the, I, yeah. you just, I don't want that. I don't I want anyone you. to say that. Like, yeah. I like the one in Johns Creek better. Yeah. So I would totally do a different concept. Similar though. Like, I like the idea of a little bit more grab and go. And like, you know, your mom talks about all the time, like soups 
in a cooler. Yeah. You know, quiche frozen. Like, I would love that idea, but it would just be so much more prep and so much more kitchen space needed than right. just like what we do on the line. I love doing the dinners. I think the pop-ups are still like more my style than opening a dinner restaurant yeah. full time. If you get a chance, if you're listening, you got to get on the, the, the VIP list, but doing your pop-ups are absolutely insane. Yeah, like every time I have, if I ever have anything new, I would talk about it on Instagram. So yeah. it's like, you know, the website is like an AT&T free website. Like yeah. we, <laughs> we like, we do it on WordPress. Right. It's not very up to date, but like when I do the pop-ups, like I think once I have the baby, I'll probably give it till the fall and maybe do a couple in the fall like I did last year. Yeah. But yeah, they're so fun. I mean, if you can get in, like to, to get the VIP ticket to get in, it is it, truly, it's like one of the highlights of my year is going You're to so your pop-ups. Sweet. And I think, Sarai, what's so cool is, you know, seeing you be just a boss bitch in your space and seeing you run this and coming from the restaurant industry and understanding, like, there's there's not a lot of female chefs. I mean, and I hate to, I hate when people say, what's it like Females. to be a female comedian? What's it like? Because <laughs> there are a ton. But I think we don't highlight enough. I said, I always wanted to have a travel show because I'm sick and tired of watching people like. Oh, we should and do that I together. Them. How fun We should do be? it. Because I'm sick and tired of watching like, only male chefs, David Chang, Andrew Zimmerman, Eric Repair. Like all they're all guys. so cocky. They're all so cocky and they make great food. But why can't there be women talking about, I, I sit down, I'll eat a rack of ribs and tell you how it tastes. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I fully agree. I honestly, as a, like, I, I agree with you. I hate being like labeled a female chef, but I am. Yeah. I am a woman in this industry and you, you just don't get, you know, it's like she's a hothead or she's, you know, she's like super sensitive or she'll scream at you. Like I, like I get that all the time about me. Like, you know, they, they, my, my employees think that about me that like, I'm, oh, do you have a bad, you know, are you bad? like Richard used to fucking scream in my fucking right. face. You right. know, I don't remember anyone saying shit about him, you know? Oh yeah. If I have a bad day and I'm, I'm easy peasy, but if I have a bad day and I'm like, I put my foot down, I'm like, no, that's actually not what we're going to do. That's not what I want. Yeah. It, you're automatically labeled difficult or a bitch. Exactly. I mean, so in that sense, I totally agree. I think that it's it's a tough industry to be a boss. Yes. It's tough to prove I can cook. Yeah. I can run this fucking place. Yeah. I can also be cordial and sweet. I right. can also like need help pulling the box of oranges down. Right. Like, you know, like I, I, it can all be done. So frankly, you know, I was lucky. One of the other chefs I worked for was a female chef and, you know, she was incredible. Like I would just like watch her in awe. She never got flustered. She was like, I mean, when I, when I, when I used to watch her, I used to be like, I could never do that. And now right. sometimes I look at myself on a Sunday right? and I'm like, oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing exactly what I saw, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, you're crushing it. Thank you. And I just want you to know, I love and adore you. And I'm so, I adore our friendship. And 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 I just want you to know, I, I just, I, I'm in awe of what you do. I love you. And I think you're so incredibly talented. And I love sharing talented people with the world. And and if you're in Atlanta, come see Soraya at Hen Mother Cookhouse. It's, it'll fucking change your life. Thank you. And I love all of Heather's people that she's in. So they're always the nicest customer. So I won't be mad at you and you can modify shit. And if you have any other restaurant concepts that you want us to think about, I mean, I'm down for a falafel situation. Let's do it. And I'm good with branding. You know what I mean? I know. So like, I'm sure you already have the name, but I'm really good with the branding. Well, and it all doesn't work anymore. It okay. would have worked in California. Got it. Not here. Okay. 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 So, um, sexy shawarmas. Oh and it's just yes. like a photo of my mom on a, on a pole. And you know like, what I mean? Wrapped in a meat. wrapped in meat, but yeah. it's like our, our both of our moms because our moms are very similar, very small, very small, petite women, and it's just like sexy shawarma. I think, yeah, you know, we could sell it next to strip clubs. I know, I know. It, you it think be- about it, you get out of a strip club, you know what you want fucking shawarma. You do. You want a shawarma. You want a hot shawarma with a sauce dripping down your chin. Exactly. It's all sexy. Everything is sexy. Yeah. 
about a t- tahini anything. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay, I'm, I'm hungry. Very, I'm fucking hungry. I'm so hungry. All right, let's go eat. Follow Soraya at Henmother Cookhouse mm-hmm. on Instagram mm-hmm. and come see her when yeah. you're in the city. Come see her. I love you. Thank you for having me. I love you. Thank you for tuning in to the Absolutely Not Podcast. As always, you can call into the hotline. We'll get into the voicemail soon. 800-213-7503. I know Thanksgiving's going to be a shit show. Please, next week, I want to get your Thanksgiving oh fuck moments. Send those in. Again, 800-213-7503. In the meantime, between time, have a wonderful week. Happy Thanksgiving and arrivederci, chabellas. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. And as always, follow me on Instagram at Heather K. McMahon. See you guys soon.